Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see everybody that's here this morning. Happy New Year. <laughs> All right. Glad to see you. Glad to have those of you who are joining with us on our social media platforms. Uh, we're so glad to have you there with us. Uh, be sure to heart to like to share uh, on each one of those different platforms there. Uh, and welcome to those who are on our phone live streaming. Uh, again, if you need that number, please let me know and we'll be glad to get that number uh, to you. Also, don't forget to go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. Uh, it's under the info tab there that you can download today's worship bulletin. Uh, if you need those here in person, our ushers will be glad to come and give you one. Uh, they're in the windowsills uh, also, so be sure to get one of those. We do have children's worship bulletins also that are in the windowsill to my right. You can come down and get those anytime that you need also. And those can also be found on our website there under that info tab, as well as can our prayer list. There's quite a few on our prayer list, so I want to encourage you to be praying uh, for each one of those and we'll be updating that again uh, this Wednesday. We'll be sharing a few with you at the at the very end uh, of the service too to add to your prayer list. But we're so glad to have everybody here uh, this morning. Looking forward to a wonderful service to begin our new year here in worship with the Lord. Uh, so Brother Mike, come and lead us if you will. Good morning all. We've been given the gift. Let's sing. Let's stand and sing hymn number 546, Love Lifted Me, all three verses. Ladies. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. 
Where is my soul's best song? Faithful, loving service due to him belongs. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me. As we come to our missionary of the moment uh, for this week, uh, we want to recognize Steve and Cindy Martins who are serving in the Niagara area there of Canada. They are seeking to reach out to the Hispanic population there, a Latin population of over 14,000 uh, who live in that area. And actually they've uh, befriended several people there and, and led them to faith in Christ. You can read about uh, the ones there that they led to faith in Christ over a meal. Uh, but just want to draw your attention also in the bulletin under Underneath uh, the missionary moment there, uh, you'll see a QR code there that you can scan with your phone. You just open your camera, uh, put your camera over it, and a little thing will pop up for you to click on. It'll take you to the website where you can see more. You can even see some videos of the cooperative program and our missionaries who are serving all around this world. So just want to encourage you to take the time to do that. Uh, if you still haven't given uh, your, your offering for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, we want to encourage you to do that also. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wonderful blessings that you have given to us today. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to come in prayer on behalf of Steve and Cindy Martins and all of our missionaries who are serving around this world and uh, across the United States and even across Tennessee. Father, we pray that you will have your hands upon them to bless them as many of them are gathering for worship also this morning. We pray, Lord, that many souls will hear the gospel. There will be many seeds that are planted and there will be many who will come to faith in Christ to begin this new year uh, serving you. And so we want to ask your blessings upon these missionaries. We ask, Lord, that you will open the doors for them. We ask that you'll provide for every need that they have. And, Lord, that you'll lay upon our hearts to continue to pray for them each and every day, as well as to pray about giving towards those special offerings in, in particular with our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And Father, I pray that you'll help us to be able to reach that goal. But Lord, I pray that every Sunday we would realize that as we give, we are giving to support those missionaries on the field as a portion of our tithes and our offerings go to support them. And so Father, we just pray your blessings that that offering will go forth and Lord, it'll be blessed in multitudes of ways as souls come to faith in Christ. So bless our service this morning, Lord. We just want to worship you as we begin this new year. We want to start a new year off uh, right 
in our relationship, especially with you. Uh, so we pray for the message. We pray for the songs that are being sung. Lord, that you'll use them to prepare our hearts to hear your voice speaking into our hearts. And Lord, we ask your blessings. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Uh, let me just say that again on your offerings. You can go to their church website, highlandbaptistchurch.com. Go to the far right-hand side. You can uh, click the Give Online tab there. Do your regular offering uh, there. You can do those in an envelope if you're here in person. Uh, the offering plates are somewhere down here. Yeah, down here in front of me. Uh, so be sure to uh, drop your offering off down here or at the doors uh, as you leave. And then we have the special envelopes for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. want to encourage you to do that. If you go to the website uh, there to the online giving, uh, you can designate your giving there too. But we're so glad to see everybody that's here this morning. Hope you've had a blessed week, a blessed Christmas. Uh, Brother Mike, come and lead us again. on what God has put before us and, and doing his will. And the better way to do that is just trust and obey. Let's sing 447, Trust and Obey. Ladies.
And now turn your hymnals to Take Time to Be Holy, 446. If you had your hymnals open, just turn it a page backwards. Take Time to Be Holy. We'll do all four again, Tommy. Ladies? Don't stand. <clears throat> Take time to be holy. Speak off with thy Lord. time in secret with Jesus alone by looking to Jesus like him thou shalt be thy friends in my conduct his likeness shall see take time to in his word take time to be holy be calm in thy soul each thought and each motive beneath his control thus led by his spirit to fountains of is in this room here right now here right now making this place I stand holy ground holy ground Jesus is in 
God, he was, he is, and he is forevermore. And that is a way to start off our new year there. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. That's not the right scripture on the screen. Uh, didn't get that part changed. But Luke 16, verse 1, down through verse 13. Uh, I've entitled my message this morning, The Gift That Keeps on Giving. And we're going to be continuing just as we were before uh, December there, looking at the life of Jesus. And we're going back to where we had left off before. And so take your Bibles, if you will, and let's stand for the reading of God's Word in honor of His Word. Luke chapter 16, and we're just going to begin with reading verse 1. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you in prayer this morning, as we have already begun this new year last night, many of us uh, ringing in the new year, and Father, as we expectantly look forward to all that this year will have to bring us, and we reflect back over the last year that we've had, Father, I pray that we are farther along in our relationship with you uh, at the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023 than we were last year at this time. Father, I pray that we have uh, resolved ourselves to be faithful in our relationship with you, uh, to grow closer to you, to listen to you more closely, to obey you, to uh, not only hear your word, but to do your word. And Father, I pray that you will continue to fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Continue, God, to bless us into this new year. And Lord, I pray this message will begin uh, laying a foundation for us even too uh, as we begin this new year, knowing that, uh, Lord, you do bless us in so many many ways as we reflect and look around uh, the world and so many who are, are suffering and we look at those who are hurting, those who uh, even financially are, are nowhere near as well off as those are here in America. And Father, we just pray that uh, as we are many times uh, more prosperous than many other nations of the world are, Father, I pray that we would realize uh, the giving that we must do to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. Lord, that we would not be focused on ourselves uh, with the things that you have blessed us with, but that we would realize that all the things you have given to us are to be a blessing to others and to be a blessing in reaching others for the sake of Jesus Christ. So bless your word this morning. Use it in our hearts. Use it in our lives to show us this gift, the gift of salvation that keeps on giving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You be seated. You ever thought about what the most celebrated holiday is in America? Did you know that it's not Christmas? It's New Year's, New Year's Day. The beginning of a new year brings hopefully new hopes, new dreams, new possibilities, and new opportunities. And the one thing that we're all looking for every new year, we're all looking for a new you, aren't we? Uh, we want to be new physically. We want to look different than we do. We want to be healthier. We want to be wealthier. We want to uh, uh, just a total new you. Uh, and so uh, w when we think about the, the new you we want, uh, that's why 85% of Americans will make New Year's resolutions uh, this year. Uh, we don't just celebrate a happy new year. We anticipate a happy new you. 
And so according to the website uh, yougov.com, these are America's top 10 resolutions for 2023, uh, as they had done a, a, a survey back in 2022, what people's resolutions would be. Tied for number one uh, are improving our physical health and saving more money. Uh, number three was exercising more. Uh, next was eating healthier, being happy, losing weight, paying down debts, learning something new, improving mental health, spending more time with family and improving relationships with friends or family. 87% of the people who set an objective say that they are very or somewhat likely to keep it throughout the next year. But did you know what? Most, for most, it's a pipe dream. 40% uh, of the people who make a New Year's resolution break them by the end of January. 75% will have broken them by Valentine's Day. And that's why I want to propose to you this morning that we need more than, than just a, a New Year's resolution. We need a New Year's revolution, a real change that can mean a, a change for us in our hearts and our lives as we begin this new year. And that can only come from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Think about this as you think about your last year. Did you make any mistakes last year? Did you make any failures? Don't raise your hands. You wish you had a few do-overs? I know I certainly do. Uh, we want the old you to become a new you. You know, step one is just admitting it, first of all. Uh, we need to take the baggage of the past that we need to quit, quit carrying into the present. And then we need to realize that we don't know what the future holds, but we do know one who does hold the future in his hands, Jesus Christ. But as we're going to learn in this passage this morning, uh, the one thing that is predictable about the Lord Jesus Christ is that at times in the Bible here, he was totally unpredictable. Uh, he was always full of surprises. If you knew uh, that God's Son had come to earth and that His words had been recorded in a book and someone asked you what topic He discussed more than any other, you would naturally assume that it was heaven. Uh, yet Jesus talked more about hell than He did heaven. Now, you might rationalize for a moment and then think to yourself, well, that kind of makes sense as well because maybe the best way to get people into heaven is to warn them about hell. But would it surprise you that, that even more than that, there was one topic that Jesus talked about more than all of heaven or, or, or hell? That topic was money. Uh, when you read the first three Gospels, uh, one out of every six verses deals with the use or the abuse of money. Uh, Sixteen of the 34 parables that Jesus tells specifically and directly deal with our financial resources. There's over 500 verses in the Bible that deal with prayer, but there's over 2,500 verses in the Bible that deal with money. Saving more money is tied, as we said, for the number one resolution that Americans will make in 2023. And so what I want you to see is that, that Jesus, he didn't just talk about money as much because he was obsessed with money. He knew that we 
would be obsessed with money. And so he tells this story in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 16, verse 1 down through verse 13, a very surprising story with a startling ending, an even more stunning message uh, that if you properly understand it, it'll give you exactly the right perspective that you ought to have towards money and will bless you throughout the new year. And so there's nothing wrong with, with money in and of itself, you know, contrary to what many people think, the Bible doesn't say that, the mo that money is the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That's in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. In this parable, we're going to see that Jesus is again going to surprise us because he's going to use here one of the most unusual characters to teach us some important lessons about how we can use our earthly resources to lay up heavenly rewards throughout this new year. So here's the first principle I want you to get from these verses, and it comes from verse 1 here, and that's to be careful with what God gives you. Did you know that everything you have whether it's your house, whether it's your finances, whether it's your kids, whether it's your car, whatever it is that you have, God has blessed you with those things. He's not blessed you with those things just for you. He's blessed you with those things to be a blessing to others. Now this parable we're going to find out here revolves around a crook. It revolves around a thief, a swindler, a, a robber, uh, an embezzler. And yet Jesus in his infinite wisdom uses something that's crooked to set us straight. And one of the things that we learn about the that, that things that God has given us is that we have a sacred responsibility to everything that's been given into our trust. Whether that's our time, whether that's our talents, or whether that's our treasures. So in verse 1 there, you read again, he says, He said also to the disciples, and he begins this parable, there was a rich man who had a manager, and, his, and charges were brought to him, brought to the rich man, that this manager, that this man was wasting the rich man's possessions. So in verse 1 there, that Greek word for manager or steward comes from two words. One word meaning house and the other word meaning to manage. And so a steward is a house manager. It's the manager of an estate. So in the days of Jesus, you know, rich people would uh, often appoint stewards to manage their affairs. And they would be given the full power of attorney uh, to act in the name of the master when the master was away. Uh, they controlled all the assets. They represented the master in every business transaction. They were given full authority to deal with the debtors, to deal with the creditors. Uh, it was his job to manage those assets profitably and to conduct the business of the owner as conscientiously and as effective as possible. Now, that's a picture of every one of us on this planet. Because we're all stewards, whether you're here as a believer or not, we're all stewards of everything and owners of nothing. Because think about it, can you take anything with you when you die? Absolutely not. So you're just a steward of the things that you have while you're here on this earth that God has entrusted into our hands. We're stewards of everything, owners of nothing. Someone's defined stewardship as that area of life where people make money and God makes people. Uh, you may not know it, but the Bible says that you're stewards of everything you are as well as everything you own. For example, you're a steward of your time. Uh, if you look in Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 12 and verse 40, here's what Jesus said to his disciples there. In chapter 12, verse 40, he said, You also must be ready, 
For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And so what he's saying there is Jesus is coming, he's going to come again, and only he knows when he's coming, so we had better be ready when he does come. We need to make every moment that we live on this earth count for him. That's why he goes on to say in verse 42, who then is the faithful and wise manager or steward? Uh, whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time. So what Jesus expects of us is to be sure to manage our time, to be good stewards of our time. We're not to waste our time. We're not to kill time. Uh, we're to use time for the glory of God. We're also to be stewards not only of our time, but also, as we said, of our talents. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So what we realize there in that verse is that God has given every one of us certain gifts, certain talents, certain abilities, and every one of those gifts and every one of those abilities and every one of those talents is to be used in the service of the Lord. Furthermore, he goes on to say, we're not only to be stewards of our time and of our talents, but stewards of the truth, uh, of the truth of God's Word. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1 says this, This is how you should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, of the Word of God. In other words, our light, the light we receive when you come to know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, is not to be hid under a bushel. Uh, we know that. We sing that song as little kids. Uh, let this little light shine. And we don't say, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Because that's what the Scripture teaches and tells us. Our light's not to be hidden under a bushel. We're to be sharing the truth of the gospel of Christ at every opportunity that God brings across our path. Uh, so you see, being a witness isn't just a matter of obedience. It's a matter of stewardship. We've been entrusted with the Word of God. We've been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been entrusted to share the gospel with those who need it. All too often, we want to say, well, that's the preacher's responsibility. Or that's my Sunday school teacher's responsibility. Or that's the deacon's responsibility. That's somebody else's responsibility other than my own. And, and nowhere does it teach that in the Scripture. Every single one of us who are believers are to be a witness sharing the gospel with those around us. But then notice also we're finally to be stewards of our treasure. Jesus tells us this, going down to verse 9, if you will. Verse 9 says, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into eternal Dwellings. Now, we're going to come back to that verse uh, in a moment, but suffice it to say that your time and your talents and your truth and your treasure, everything you own and everything you are is a gift of God, and you have to be a good steward of what God has given you and use it in service for His glory. Because understand this, this man was a thief. And the thief says, what's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. But know this, the selfish person says, what's yours is mine, and I'm going to take it. But the steward says, 
What's mine is God's, and I'm going to share it. So if you're not a steward, then you're either selfish or a thief. And this steward, understand, had a sacred responsibility to be careful with what God gave him, just like we have that sacred responsibility to be careful with what God gives us and to use it uh, because it belongs to the master and we're to use it for him and for his good and for his glory. So that's the first thing I want you to see. Secondly, I want you to see that we need to be resourceful with what God gives us. Not only be careful, but also be resourceful. Because notice what he says at the end of verse 1 in the second part here. He says, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. Verse 2 goes on to say, and he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. Now, what we see here is a solemn accountability. With every responsibility comes accountability. This steward discovered to his embarrassment that the day of reckoning had come. And the master comes and says, hey, I've heard some people tell me they brought this account to me that you've not been managing the resources I entrusted to you properly. He says, you're done. You're fired. It's over. I want an account of all the balances here. So this rich man got word that this steward had been dishonest, and an audit of the book showed they didn't balance, and he was called to give an account. Now think about this. If a steward acted with incompetence or inefficiency or impropriety, he would be immediately dismissed with no recourse and, and perhaps even prosecuted or thrown into jail. This steward was essentially guilty of embezzlement. Now, we're not told whether he embezzled by taking what didn't belong to him or by misusing that which had been given to him, but it was embezzlement just the same. So I want to tell you that one day, every single one of us are going to have to undergo a spiritual audit of our life. Romans chapter 14 and verse 12 says this, So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So think about that. Everything you've ever thought, everything you've ever said, every word you've ever spoken, every deed you've ever done, you're going to have to give an account of yourself to God. Uh, You're going to have to give an account of your time. How did you use it? Uh, Of your talents, did you serve the Lord with it? Of your treasures, did you give to the Lord and give to His kingdom work? You know, the truth of the matter is that if an audit were done on our lives right now at this moment, many of us would be found guilty of spiritual embezzlement. How do you say that, preacher? Well, some of you have the gift to sing, and you never once open your mouth in congregational singing, much less sing in the choir. Some of you have a gift to teach God's Word, and you never step up to teach His Word. Some of you have the gift to clean things, and, and you don't do that to serve the Lord in that. Some of you have a gift uh, to, to, to just uh, all kinds of things. I mean, think about all the gifts that you could have. Uh, many of us have spare time on our hands that we could be giving to the work of God uh, and, and to, to the ongoing work of His kingdom. 
But so often, we waste our time doing things that won't matter a hill of beans in eternity. We're embezzling that time from God. We're embezzling those, those talents from God. This steward, notice he's given short notice, your job's gone. But notice his clever strategy in verse 3. Verse 3 says, the manager said to himself, wait a second, I'm losing my job. i got to do something. How am I going to make ends meet? I mean, I've got to provide for my family. And so he says to himself, what shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I am not strong enough to dig, and I'm too ashamed to beg. Wow. This steward's too lazy to work, too lazy to dig, and he feels like he's too lordly to beg. He wasn't above stealing, but he was above begging, and he's above digging. But he's not quite ready yet at this point to the desperation to take his life yet or anything like that yet. But notice what verse 4 goes on to say. He says, I have decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? Verse 6, he said, a hundred measures of oil, he said to him. Take your bill, he said, sit down quickly and write 50. He said to another, and how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So get the picture of what he does here. He calls the debtors together and he reduces their bills. Now these are not the only two guys that, that owe some things. This is just representative of, of, of those in dealing with the creditors uh, and the debtors uh, here at this point. Now the interest borrowed on oil was 100%. The interest borrowed on wheat was 25%. So the steward in effect transforms these debts into an interest-free loan. Wouldn't you like that to begin the new year? <laughs> an interest-free loan? Now, when he did that, notice that several things happened. First of all, he made friends out of his enemies. You see, there, just was, uh, there wasn't just a method to his madness. There was a motive to his method. Uh, these debtors were now no longer obligated to just the master. They were also now obligated to the manager. So while the boss was going to be taking his weekly paycheck from one pocket, this steward's putting some IOUs in his other pocket. Uh, but there's another twist to this. Because know this, it was against Jewish law to charge interest on any loans. So not only had the steward made friends out of his enemies, but he had taken away any legal liability that his manager might have incurred had the master been discovered. So he not only made the debtors happy, but he also forced the manager uh, to be, the, the owner, to be honest. And then notice the confirming statement of his master. Because when you, when you understand exactly what this steward did, then you know, understand exactly what this master said in verse 8. Verse 8 says, The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world, he said, are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Now understand that, that the master didn't commend the steward so much for what he did, but for why he did it. 
You see, he was just, in a sense, giving the devil his due because the steward had dealt shrewdly. He was a shrewd guy. He wasn't a steward. He was a slick uh, steward. He wasn't just a steward. You see, he did what he did because he was planning for the future. He was getting ready for the time when his job would be no more and his paychecks would cease to come. In other words, he did what he did today in order to be ready for tomorrow. This steward had been foolish, but he wasn't any fool. You see, the fool is not the person who makes a mistake today. The fool is the person who fails to prepare for tomorrow. Jim Elliott, the missionary, the great missionary who was killed by the Aachen Indians in South America, uh, said this. He said, he is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep in order to gain that which he cannot lose. That's our second point. Here's the third. Be faithful with what God gives you. Be careful, be resourceful, be faithful. So Jesus tells this parable here in order to illustrate for us how we ought to use what God gives us today in order to prepare for tomorrow. And notice here Jesus applies this story specifically to the use of money. Look at verse 9 again. He says, I tell you, make friends of yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. You ever heard the saying, you can't take it with you? Well, someone else has come along and said, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You think, how in the world can I send it on ahead? We learn something about real truth uh, of this parable and the real truth about our, our financial management. God wants you to do more than just give your money. He wants you to invest your resources, your time, your talent, your treasures. If you invest uh, your money wisely, uh, you can beat the system and you can take it with you. Did you know that you can invest your money in heaven? Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 20. He said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, how do you do that? How do you invest uh, in, in, in what's going to heaven? The only thing that's going to heaven is what? The souls of men and women and boys and girls who trust in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Uh, so what does that mean? That means that when you give to reach people, when you give for ministry, when you give for missions, you're investing in heaven itself. I read a statement the other day uh, that I never thought about before. It said this, you won't necessarily go to hell if you don't tithe, but others will. Because the resources won't be there to send others who can go in your place. So what Jesus was saying in this verse was that when you give your, your financial resources to a soul-winning work, when you give your, your financial resources to a soul-winning church, to, a, to an evangelistic ministry, you will one day be received by friends in heaven who are there because you helped them to hear the gospel. We do things like that all throughout the year, planting seeds in the hearts and lives of people all around this world. When you give to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering and supporting our missionaries across North America, as we've just collected our, our Lottie Moon Christmas offering to support those missionaries around the world, when we do Operation Christmas Child and, and collecting those things for the shoe boxes to send the gospel to kids uh, all around this world, we do multitudes of things like that. You need to be involved in God's kingdom work and in investing in what is in heaven because you help those individuals hear the gospel. 
G. Campbell Morgan told of being in a home of a very wealthy man who was a church member, a Christian. He was having family prayers and he was praying for the salvation of the lost. He was praying for the missionaries. And when he got through praying, his 10-year-old son said to him, Dad, it blesses me to hear you pray for the missionaries. And his dad said, well, thank you, son. And the boy said, but you know what I was thinking about when you were praying? He said, I, I, if I had your checkbook, I'd answer half your prayers. <laughs> There's the ministry of financial resources. And so Jesus reaches two climatic statements in this parable here in verse 10 down through verse 12. So let's read these verses, if you will. He says, One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? So there's a parallelism that you see here in verse 10 and verse 11. What is least in verse 10 is equivalent to unrighteous mammon or finances in verse 11. What is much in verse 10 is equivalent to true riches in verse 11. You see, the least things to God are financial matters. You know what? Pull out your wallet. Pull out your pocketbook. God doesn't need your money. He owns everything. It's already His. And so uh, God measures how much He can trust us by what we do with what He gives us. Whether that's the, the, the tithe, the, the, the money that he's given to you, the treasures, or whether that's the time that he's entrusted you with, or, or whether that's the talent. So as you think back, think back over this last year, what did you do with your time, with your talents, with your treasures? As you begin to think about the last 12 months, how much have you given to the Lord in those three areas? So often we keep it for ourselves. You know, money's a little thing to God because He owns everything. He doesn't need our money. It's true that giving does something for the church, but the primary reason for giving isn't because of what it'll do for the church, but because of what it'll do for you. The, the founder and head of Kraft Cheese, J.L. Kraft, uh, he was the head of the Kraft Cheese Corporation. Uh, when he was living, he gave 25% of his income to the work of God. And here's what he said. He said, the only investments I ever made which have paid constantly increasing dividends is the money I've given to the Lord. He said, pastors will do their greatest service in leading their people to understand the truth of God concerning the stewardship of time and money. You see, money in and of itself is a little thing. But the way you secure it and the way you save it and the way you spend it reveals something big about you. Hudson Taylor said this. He said, a little thing is a little thing, but faithfulness in a little thing is a great thing. The truth of the matter is this, you'll never be spiritually rich until you're financially responsible. Because if you can't be trusted with financial resources down here, 
you can't be trusted with mansions up there. So I want you to remember three things about money. First of all, money is a teacher. It'll teach you how to handle true riches. Money's also a thermometer. It measures our spiritual temperature. If you want to know just how important God really is to you, if you want to know just how much you really love Him and His kingdom work, take a look at your balance in your bank account and where you spent things this last year. Everything else is just talk. We can say, I love the Lord. We can say, Lord, I, I, I love you and I, I want to see people saved. But, but what's the reality in our lives? So, so our, our financial resources, our money is a spiritual uh, thermometer. It's also, thirdly, a tempter. Because it'll always tempt you to become its slave. It'll always tempt you to put it before God. That's why Jesus goes on to say verse 13. So look at verse 13, if you will. He says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That's very simple. It's not a matter of prudence. Jesus doesn't say that you shouldn't serve two masters. It's not even a, a matter of, of accountability. Jesus didn't say you must not serve two masters. It's a matter of impossibility. He says you cannot serve two masters. It's impossible, he's saying. So if Jesus, understand, if Jesus isn't Lord over your money, then your money is Lord over you. You're either a steward of your money or you're a slave to your money. You can serve God with your money, but you can't serve God and money. Then he goes on to say, verse 14. He says, and I don't know that I have this verse on the screen, but verse 14 says, The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. So if you want to know whether you love God more than you love money or money more than you love God, just ask one question. How do you respond to a message like Jesus just gave us? Think about this. Imagine if you had something important that you wanted to get to somebody who needs it. I mean, we, many of us wrap gifts up, put them in a, a postage box and, and either had FedEx come get them or took them to the UPS store or, or took them to the post office and, and gave it to them. And, and what would you think if instead of delivering that package, they took it home, they opened it, and they kept it for themselves? Well, first of all, you'd say that they're a thief because the package doesn't belong to them. Secondly, uh, you would say that they totally mishandled what you entrusted to them. And thirdly, somebody would get hurt because they didn't get what you wanted them to have. You know what? That would be exactly right because you see that FedEx person or that UPS person or the postman, they're just the middleman. They have one job to get what I give to the person who needs it the most. That's exactly the purpose that we've been put here on this earth for. We're the middleman. We've been entrusted with what God has given us. We're to be careful with it. We're to be resourceful with it. We're to be faithful with it to get it to the people who need it most. Then and only then can it have an impact for eternity. 
You see, the only way to make an eternal difference, though, is to first know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the greatest way for you to begin this new year, by trusting in Jesus this morning. To just call out to him and say, God, I know I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. And believe in what he did for you, that he died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and arose on the third day so that you could have eternal life. But if you're here this morning and you already know him by faith, let me encourage you to do some spiritual soul searching in your heart and in your life. Have you been faithful with your time and your talents and your treasures? If not, there's never a better time than the moment you're in right now. You can't go back and change what happened in 2022. That's water under the bridge. That's gone. There's nothing you can do to go back and undo what you did there or didn't do. But what you can do, you can't worry about the future. You don't even know what tomorrow is going to hold. Stock market may fall apart this year. Uh, the whole economy may go uh, down the tank. We don't know what's going to happen. But what you do know is you have this moment in this day. Use it to bring glory to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that as we begin this new year, you have challenged us from your word to be faithful stewards of everything you've given us. None of it is our own anyway. Lord, none of those finances you've given us, none, none of the time that we have. Lord, uh, there are many who've passed away uh, over the last several years, especially since COVID began and, and even beyond, that are not here with us anymore. There are some who were here with us at the beginning of last year, and they're not here. So, Lord, we don't have any promise of, of any more time. So, Lord, I pray that we'll take the time and the moment that we do have, Lord, the blessing you've given us right now, to be faithful in every moment and every breath that we have to bring glory and honor to you in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us, whether that's through our words or through our actions, uh, whether it's ministering to their heart and to their soul, planting those seeds in their lives. Lord, I pray that you will use us in this new year to make a greater impact for your kingdom than we ever have before. And Father, I pray that, that, Lord, it will not just be an impact that reaches here across Tullahoma, but Lord, it would reach across this state, around this nation, and even around the world from this church. Father, I pray that every single one of us who are here as believers, Lord, we truly would get serious with you this morning. That Lord, if we have not used our talents as we should have over 2022, that we would resolve in our hearts and our lives, Lord, to surrender to you and to say, here I am, Lord, blank check, whatever you want to do with my life, fill it in and I'll do it no matter what. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll give whatever you want me to give. Father, I pray that we would do what you tell us to do in our heart of hearts. And Father, I pray that we'll be faithful in the days ahead. Lord, I pray that when we come to the end of this year of 2023, Lord, I pray that we could look back over this last year and be able to say, thank you, Lord, for helping me to be faithful to the very end. Bless us, Lord, in 2023. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation, would you make your way and come this morning? I surrender all. Brother Mike, come and lead us.
all to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely yield I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily As I surrender, make me Savior, holy thine. Let me feel thy Holy Spirit, truly know that thou art mine. I surrender all, I surrender. I surrender, Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with Thy love and power. Let Thy blessings fall on me. I surrender. sister church and our association and uh, we're excited for her decision uh, she's been coming for quite a while now uh, but God has been working in her heart and she wanted to come and join this morning if you're excited for her coming to join this morning would you say amen amen, amen. we want to encourage you after we hear the announcements from our deacon of the week uh, she's going to be back up here if you'll come by and give her the right hand of fellowship and let her know just how excited you are for her decision thank you miss Linda you can have a seat right there brother Rick if you'll come Happy New Year, everybody. Um, just a reminder that uh, tonight there is no service, um, so spend that time with your family. Um, uh, welcoming in the New Year real well. Um, please keep uh, Diane Tatum in uh, your prayers this week. She has uh, surgery on Tuesday, so uh, just uh, remember her. And uh, Donna Adcock, um, pray for her. She has some medical issues she's going through. And uh, lastly, check for those uh, Christmas cards out in the uh, mailboxes out there. Um, I know Terry has been trying to grab as many people as she can, but uh, check and let's get those cleared out as quick as we can. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Lord, our Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for everything you give us um, in this place that we can come to worship you, Lord, and we thank you for being here with us. We thank you for Jesus Christ and everything he's done for us in the past and all the blessings you've bestowed upon us, and we just ask you to um, continue to bless us in this new year and continue to bless this church, Lord, and uh, allow us to go out and minister to those around you um, and be that light as Jesus Christ showed us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.